Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. When you hear the word masterpiece, what comes to mind? Well, if you're like me, you think of pieces of art or music created by talented artisans who, after many years of cultivating their crafts, are able to produce masterful works of art. But as we look at Ephesians chapter 2, we find out that God also has masterpieces. In today's message, we expand the revelation of Christ in us with a message titled God's Masterpieces from our series titled The Best Year Ever. Listen in, take notes, and I will talk to you at the end of the message. Your Bible to the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. Lamentations, chapter 3. And if you don't know where it is, Lamentations is between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. If that helps you. <laughs> Ezekiel is before Daniel. Amen. Praise the Lord. When you get there, say amen. But we're in part seven of the best year ever. Amen. And so are you having the best year ever? Amen. Amen. This is by far the best year ever. But what happens to most people is right around February, getting into March, we forgot what resolutions we made in January. And we start easing back into our habits of old. Amen? But we're not going to let you slip back because I had a, actually a different series I was going to name it. I said, no, I'm going to keep the same name and make sure we're actually pressing in to the best year ever. And if I have to say that same thing until December, I'm going to keep saying this is the best year ever. Amen? Lamentations. And I want to slide us down to verse, I'm going to give you a piece of information, but I want to take you to verse 16. We're going to look at verse 16 through 18, but I'm going to give you the synopsis while we're moving here. Lamentations means to cry. And this is the cry of a prophet. And this prophet is crying as he is seeing the demise of Israel and what they should be compared to what they were. And his tears and his crying and his talking to God are providing for him a foundation uh, um, that God is going to respond to him and give him some revelation. Because that's what prophets do. They receive revelation from God. Amen? And prophetic revelations uh, many times... Yeah, I'll say it that way. Prophetic revelations are not often one-to-one -one revelation. Many times prophetic revelation speaks out. And then we find our personal application within the revelation. And so here we are in Lamentations, and he's talking about the crying of Israel. He's talking about his lament and his pain that he is feeling. And in verse 16, he says, he, talking about God, has also broken my teeth with gravel and covered me with ashes. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. I want you to understand what this means. This, uh, I, I wasn't planning to preach this today. I'm going to get to what I'm going to preach in a minute. But I want us to start here because this morning... One of my brothers in the Lord, we went to his church and he was having his birthday celebration and he was talking, he, he, he used this particular scripture. He just, he just hit it real quick and kept moving, but it hit me so strong because it spoke to me about our condition in the church. And in the church sometimes what has happened is that our afflictions have made us forget that God does not desire us to dwell in afflictions. And we forget what state God was calling us to. And our problems and our issues begin to start authoring the narrative of our life, and that was never God's intention. Now, God's intention is that we face challenge and ex exercise dominion. God didn't tell Adam your life is going to be easy. God said you take dominion. And to take dominion means that you're going to have to struggle or wrestle with something. In other words, st stuff was not just going to yield to you because that's not taking dominion. That's being given dominion. If you are born into a family that has wealth, you don't 
earn the wealth. You inherit the wealth. You didn't have to take the wealth. You just received the wealth. Because that's what an inheritance is. An inheritance is passing of something to another. A transfer. But what he told Adam was, he said, you have to take dominion. Because dominion was not just going to happen. It was going to be because Adam had to exercise his authority to take dominion. And we told you that dominion does not mean to become a royal person. Dominion means that you take responsibility. Which is why the whole world fell into chaos when Adam sinned because Adam gave away his responsibility. And if you give away your responsibility, things around you will go into chaos as well. If I wake up tomorrow and I say, I ain't going to work never again, never, never going back to work. Things around me will fall into chaos. I would be yielding my responsibility and the outcome would be chaos. And so the world lives in chaos right now because man has not accepted his responsibility. And when man has accepted responsibility, he's accepted his responsibility on his own terms and not the terms of his employer. Same case. I do decide I'm going to work. I say, I'm only doing what I want to do. I'm going to work, and if I don't want to train nobody today, I ain't training nobody. And if I don't want to, I don't want to sign these forms that these people need, I'm not signing them. And I don't want to do this, and I don't want to do that. All I want to do is I want to go, and I want to sit at my desk because it's very comfortable, and I want to sit in my chair that they specially got me ergonomic, they got the special ergonomic... And it's, it's like a throne. When, when other people come and try to sit in my chair, they got to they gotta jump up in it. I got it up high. I got it up all high. I'm looking, up, I'm looking over everything in my chair. It's so nice and high. That's all I want to do. I just want to sit in my chair. I earned my way to this chair. And now I'm not doing nothing. Because I have arrived. My employer would quickly tell me, that's not acceptable. <laughs> That's not acceptable, my man. And again, chaos would ensue. But according to this passage, he said, I fell so far. I got down into the dumps. I got down into my, my issues so deeply, I forgot. I forgot prosperity. I forgot that God wanted me blessed. See, some of us have lived in challenge so long, we forgot that we're supposed to be blessed. And we have gotten into the situation where we've looked at the circumstances and identified with the circumstances rather than look at these circumstances and say, thank you, Lord, this is my battle. Now show me how to be an overcomer. Weeping may endure for a night, but what? comes in the morning. When does morning come? When you wake up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I got this new alarm clock. And whatever I set the time for, 10 minutes before the time, it starts to light up. It starts shining light in the room. And so what happens is the light is waking me up gently before the, -de 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 -de, the alarm goes off. So sometimes God has got you in a circumstance where he's starting to shine light on you through his word so that you wake up gently rather than have to wake up harshly. Amen. I love for God to wake me up gently. I don't want God to wake me up harshly. <laughs> Amen. So let the light of the word start to wake you up. Remember who you are and what you've been created to be so that God doesn't harshly have to bring you to... Revelation. Amen. Now, let's get to the message. Psalms chapter 1. Excuse me. Psalm 115. 115. I want to just give you that to get your mind thinking about some things. And now let's jump into 
to the word here. Psalm 115, we're going to begin at verse 9. When you get there, say amen. Psalms, you should be turning to the right. Excuse me, left. Yes, to the left, I'm sorry. Psalms 115, verse 9 says, O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. Now he keeps saying, he is there. Israel, trust in the Lord. Sons of Aaron, trust in the Lord. You who are fearful of God, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. I want you to understand He's not just Pastor Tammy's help and shield. He's your help and shield. He is there, all of us, all of us in the room. He is your help and your shield. If you fall into one of these three categories. You who fear the Lord. How many of you fear the Lord this morning? Amen. That he's your help and your shield. Tell your neighbor, says, since you raise your hand, God is your help and your shield. Woo, come on, I'll add he's your exceedingly great reward to amen, hallelujah. Verse 12, the Lord has been mindful of us. He went from there to us. The Lord has been mindful of us. Tell your neighbor, say, you are on God's mind. Woo, come on, man, you are on God's mind. He will what? Bless us. Come on, tell your neighbor, you are blessed. He will bless us. He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those that fear the Lord. Look, both small and great. So no matter how you see yourself, God said, I will bless you. Amen. I'm just, just little old me. God will bless you. Man, big old me. God will bless you. The small and the great, he will bless. Woo, hallelujah. Verse 14, may the Lord give you increase. Come on, I'm make y'all talk to each other today. Amen. I want you to hear each other's voice. Amen. Say, tell your neighbor, say, may the Lord give you increase. Woo-wee, come on. Now tell them more and more. <laughs> Now, now tell them, tell you and your kids, even if they're grown. Come on. Come on. May the Lord increase you more and more, you and your people. Come on. Generational blessings should flow out of the church. Come on. Generation to generation, the blessing of the Lord should make us rich, and we should pour out the blessing to our kids. Amen. <laughs> verse 15 may you be what by who who did what uh oh he made heaven and earth I think if he made it he's capable of blessing it amen Look at verse 16. I want, you to, I, want, I want you to put both your antennas up. That's your natural and your spiritual. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth, he has given to the children of men. Let's read it one more again. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth, but the earth. How many of y'all are old enough to have seen conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Right? But is a conjunction. It is a connector 
between two thoughts. Hooking up words, phrases, and clauses. That's what it's doing. <laughs> so thought number one is that the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the connection of two ideas. Two ideas go together. You can't separate these two. You have to interpret them both together or neither is understandable. Or you will have wrong understanding. So the heaven, even the heavens, is God's. But the earth, look at your feet for a second. Your feet touch the earth. The earth he has given to the children of men. The earth is yours. This is really important to understand in church. That's why I said you've got to have your spiritual antenna up and your natural antenna up. You need to pick this up. You need to really, really embrace this. Heaven belongs to God. Earth belongs to men. So sometimes you say, why did God let this happen? Why did God let this happen? Because it doesn't belong to God. There are things that happen in earth all the time that don't belong to God. We call it acts of God, but it's not God. Because the heaven belongs to God, but he's given the earth to men. Why are we having so many earthquakes? Just my theory. But it might be because of all that oil, which we know is a lubricant, that's no longer in the ground. Just my thought. Is that God's problem? Is that God doing it? Or is it man doing things to the planet he lives on? I saw a picture, and it had a picture that they had a heat wave in Antarctica. And they showed an island totally covered in, 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 in ice on Antarctica on February the 14th. And the picture on February the 13th, the whole edge is is melted away and there's a pool of water in the center why is that God warming up the earth no it's man doing stuff to the earth because the earth belongs to man <laughs> I want I want you listen I want you to listen to what I'm telling you if heaven belongs to God and earth belongs to man and Jesus is the king. And you're in the king. And he's the king who has given us the keys to the kingdom that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whose responsibility is it to fix earth? <laughs> whose responsibility is it to fix our neighborhoods. Whose responsibility is it to fix our personal situations? Now, here's the powerful thing. You have been made complete in him. So you don't have to figure it out yourself. You actually have now given God keys to enter the earth through you. Now, this is important. This is really important. Because we can do everything we want to do as human beings to try to fix things, and we're not going to fix them. Because the earth is under a curse. The earth is cursed. God told Adam, he said, cursed is the ground because of you. Would you listen? God didn't curse Adam. Contrary to what most people want to say. God didn't curse Adam. God said, the ground is cursed because of you. You have to leave my presence. If you want to call it a curse, the curse that Adam had on him is not the behaviors in, in us. That was the sin nature manifesting. What the problem is, is that Adam was separated from the presence of God. Which means God no longer had a position on the earth. 
And because he didn't, in the Old Testament, he created a tabernacle. He said, build me a place where I can live. (laughs) But in the New Covenant, you are the tabernacle. You are the place where God lives. And if you allow God, he will be able to show up in you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are thinking real hard right now. And, and then tell them, and, and pastor sees you thinking too. <laughs> Amen. I ran into some guys yesterday at this spot that I go to a lot. <laughs> Stop laughing, Tracy. You know where I was. <laughs> so I ran into these guys at the spot. One of the guys said, he said, hey, man. He said, why are you always smiling? I said, man, because I'm living a blessed life. I said, do you know how good my life is? I said, and your life is too. He had to stop. He said, yeah, yeah. I said, no, you got a blessed life. You just don't realize it. You know why? Because lamentations, our circumstances have made us forget our prosperity. Sometimes we think we got a bad life because we got bad situations going. And it makes us forget that we're blessed. That's why, we were, that's why I asked you guys to meditate on Ephesians chapter 1. Because if you keep meditating on Ephesians chapter 1 and you start saying to yourself, man, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Amen. Man. I have been chosen by God. My goodness. Man, I was pre destined to be adopted as a son of God. Woo! And I am totally accepted in the beloved. Amen. Five people sit at a table and tell me, we don't like you. It don't bother me because I know I'm accepted in the beloved. Amen? Amen. If I stand in a group of people and I speak and I tell the joke, don't nobody laugh, I don't care. Guess what? Guess what? I'm accepted in the beloved. Me and, me and the Holy Ghost will think it's funny. We will laugh together. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I had to speak in front of this group of leaders, and I was standing there, and uh, something just came out of my mouth. It was, it was actually funny to me. A handful of people laughed. <laughs> but when it was over, somebody said, I can't believe how bold you are to just tell a joke. They couldn't laugh because they were shocked. (laughs) But fear is leaving me, amen? Because I'm accepted in the beloved. I got the Spirit of God with me, amen? So my fears are are lessening more and more, amen? The deeper the revelation gets, the less afraid I am, amen? The more God speaks to me, the more comfortable I get with the presence of God in my life, the less I'm worried about what people think, amen? Amen? Amen. And I'm going to overcome the rest of this stuff, too. Amen. Everything in me is going to get overcome. Amen. And guess what? You're going to overcome, too. Amen. Because there's nothing special about me besides I love God. And if you love him, you're special, too. Amen. Because remember what he said, all you who fear the Lord, he is your help and your shield. Woo-wee. Come on. Come on. Tell your neighbor, say, don't forget, he's your help and your shield. Come on, Ephesians chapter 1. Go to Ephesians chapter 1 really quick. I'm going to move quickly. I want to get done with what I, the major point I want you to get today. I've already been laying the ground so that you can receive it when it comes, but I'm going to give you a revelation that you're going to have to grasp and not fight it when it comes. Amen. Now your mind is going to say, yes, indeed. But I don't care what your mind says. I want to know you got it in your spirit. I want you to receive this revelation. So get yourself ready because it's coming. Amen. Ephesians 1. And I'm going to go to verse 22. And we know that we've been meditating on this passage, this whole chapter for the last two weeks. And hopefully you've continued to read it. 
And between now and Easter, I'm going to ask you to read less of your devotionals and pay more attention to the scriptures. Amen? Between now and Easter, make an agreement with me. I'm not telling you go cold turkey today. But I want you to more and more, over between now and Easter, I want you to really dial in to the scriptures. And let your meditation be on that. Because I don't want you hearing somebody else's voice. I want you to hear God's voice. Amen. Uh, even me. Don't, don't, take, don't, don't, don't say, I'm just listening to the pastor. Don't listen to me. I want you to meditate on the word. Because the word is what's going to help you when you get into challenging times. Amen. And he, talking about the father, put all things under his talking about Jesus, feet. Now, the Father put all things under Jesus' feet. Not under his chin. Not under his hands. Not under his knees. But where? Under his feet. Look at your feet. What's under your feet? The earth. Hmm. Let's read it one more time if y'all didn't get the revelation. He put all things under his feet. Everything is put under Jesus' feet. Would you all agree on that? Is cancer under his feet? Is poverty under his feet? Is strife under his feet? Is low self-esteem under his feet? <laughs> I'm going to take my time. And he gave him to be head over all things to who? The church, which is his what? Body. Come on, let me hear y'all say it. The church, which is his? The fullness of him who fills all in all. Like I said, God didn't put everything under Jesus' chin, under his hands, under his waist, under his knees. He put everything under his feet. Why? Because the feet are the lowest thing on your body. And whatever's under your feet, your whole body is elevated above. I am standing on the floor because my feet have the floor under it. So I'm standing on the floor and not in the floor or not under the floor, not halfway down under, uh, not none of that. I'm standing on the floor because my body is 100% above my feet. And whatever's under my feet is below my body. <laughs> Look at verse 22 again. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body. The church is the body of Christ. Therefore, everything under his feet is below the church. Amen. But we operate by revelation. And so because we operate by revelation, we don't do what we can't see. If you took a person who'd never been inside a electrically um, operated building, and we, all of us live in electrically operated buildings. In other words, we have electricity wired in our house. We have light switches, plugs. We had all that. If you took a person who had never been in a building like that, who has no, no understanding about electricity and all that kind of stuff, and you took them in the room and you put a lamp in the room unplugged on the floor, or better yet, a fan, because it's hot in your here right now. You put a fan on the floor, and you 
left the person there, how long do you think it would take the person to figure out that there is an association between their discomfort and the fan that is there, that if they understood electricity, they would take the thing and just plug it in and they would have an answer. But if they don't have revelation about electricity, they will sit there in the heat and wish there was something to help them. But you with revelation will walk in the room and say, oh, are you hot in here? Let me plug this in for you. And they would be in awe by, oh my, what just happened here? See, that's how the gospel is. The gospel for us is sometimes so foreign and so, so different for us that we get put into a house and we're here with all things available to us, but we have not put the revelation connection together between the electricity in the wall and the plug that I have in my hand. And because I don't understand it, I don't use it. And I say, man, I wish somebody would do something and I wish God would come down here and fix this for me. And God says, no, the heaven belongs to me. The earth belongs to you. Now I want to give you revelation about how the plug works. Go to chapter 2, and I want to give you your revelation you need. Remember, the first revelation was Christ in you is the hope of glory. But we don't understand that. I'll speak for myself. I, didn't, I, I still don't fully understand it. I understand bits and pieces of it, and I'm starting to walk in it more and more. I'm walking more and more of the revelation. The first time I got it is when I got saved, and it made sense to me that I need to be in Christ to, to redeem my life from destruction. That was the first revelation I got. But what I didn't know is that in Christ, I live and move and have my being. That God's concerned with not just me getting saved and going to heaven. God's concerned with my life. And God wants to bless my life. And then I got the revelation that in Christ, I can consider my old man gone. That I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So guess what? All the stupid stuff that was clinging to me as addictive behaviors, God was able to take those things and strip them from me and set me free because I got the revelation of freedom. Woo, come on. And without any programs or anything else, I got revelation. And when I could see it, then I could relieve myself of the burden. And the more the revelation comes, the more you find yourself stretching out of things and getting free from this and free from that. And then when you start realizing God said, listen, in Christ you are forgiven. I said, man, I'm forgiven? He said, yes, and I'm giving you the power to forgive. I have power to forgive? You mean I don't have to work up my emotions enough to get happy enough that I can just forgive people that did me wrong? He said, no, you got power to forgive. I said, what? I can forgive my father for not being where I wanted it to be when, he, when I was growing up? Yes, you can forgive him. You mean I can forgive these people who said this, did that? Yes, you can forgive them. I said, what? I can just do that? Yes. And I got the revelation and I let it go. <laughs> I let all this stuff go. <laughs> And then my father got revelation. I went to see my father and he all of a sudden got revelation that he didn't do things perfectly and he's trying to apologize to me. And I said, you don't have to apologize. I already let it go. <laughs> Woo! You can be free because I'm already free. Amen. What? Yes. By revelation. And you know what? Because each time, the revelation was that you're the body that's under you. Those wounds are under you. Those wounds are below you. Woo! Woo -hoo. Come on. Come on. I'm running out of time. And you, he made alive. Woo-wee! Come on. You, he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Both trespasses and sins that you did and stuff people did to you. <laughs> Verse 2. Oh my goodness. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. In other words, you were at one point totally controlled only by what you knew of this world and not by the kingdom of God. Ooh Come on. 
according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Verse 3. Among whom also we all. Look at your neighbor and say, you look good. I might add very good today. But I know you used to be. <laughs> you can fill in the blank wherever you want to put it in there. Amen. <laughs> under our feet. It's now under whatever you used to be, it's under your feet. Amen. <laughs> Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of wrath. Do you know the natural state of humanity is wrath? <laughs> Sometimes we believe children have to learn wrath. They don't. They're born with it. Just as the others. Next verse. But God. Mm -mm -mm. But God. Woo! Come on. If you were born in wrath, but God. If you were born in poverty, but God. Come on. However you were born, but God. Come on. Who is rich in mercy. In other words, God is so rich in mercy, he won't run out on you. <laughs> God's mercy will not run out on you. Because of his great love, which, which he loved us. Next verse. Even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Next verse. And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Tell your neighbor, say, you were raised up. Wherever you've been, wherever you are, wherever you've been raised. Amen. Come on. If you were under, you've been raised. You've been raised. You have been raised. I can't say it enough. You have been raised. You've been raised. Where? Raised where? To sit in heavenly places. Come on, don't let your natural circumstances let you forget the prosperity of sitting in heavenly places. In Christ Jesus. Next verse. That in the ages to come, he, being God, might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In other words, God said, I want everybody to see it. Mm-mm-mm. Everybody to see it. I want everybody to see the exceeding greatness of his love toward us. He said, I want it to be seen. I want it to be witnessed. Verse 8, for by grace, which is the unmerited, unearned favor of God, you have been saved through faith. And I want, you to, I want you to dig your revelation heels in right now. I want you to dig in. It is the gift of God. Saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Salvation is a free gift. It's a gift from God. Verse 9, dig in. Not of works. Let's go back. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. In other words, you don't get, you don't get, to, you don't get to brag about who you are in Christ. 
unless you're telling others that they can be as well. Because it's for all who will receive. Let all who fear the Lord. <laughs> because he is your help and your shield. He is. So we don't get to brag because we're saved. We don't get to live like we're, we don't, we don't get to parade ourselves and not let others also know that what is for me is for you. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Next verse. For we are, listen close, we are his workmanship. The word workmanship is, is a picture of a craftsman who is building something. And he, I have a friend who I grew up with. He's a woodworker right now. And so he posts sometimes on Facebook, he posts all these things that he makes. He makes these statues. He lives in Kentucky, by the way. He makes all these statues, and he's doing people's floors, and he's, he's, he's like what it used to look like, what it looks like, and he's got this pride in his work. And I look and I go, man, I can't believe you did that? <laughs> I grew up with you. You, you, you were able to do this stuff? But we are his workmanship. We are the thing that starts out looking like one thing. And through his craftsmanship, his workmanship, you become his full workmanship. Woo! Which is created for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now I want you to look back, let's go back a verse before this. Look at verse 9. You're not saved by works. Lest anyone should brag. But verse 10 says, you were created for good works. In other words, you don't do good works in order to be justified by God because then it becomes a dead work. You do good works because you were designed to do good works. You were designed to dack people. You were made to dack. You were designed. You are created as a craftsmanship to be a blessing. <laughs> Woo! Which he prepared beforehand. Because remember, you're predestined that we should walk in them. My goodness. I want you to think real clearly about what we're telling you today. I want you to minister. Let's, actually, let's go, to, let's go to verse 10. Yeah, verse 10 in the New Living Translation. Dig this one. We are God's masterpiece. Woo! We are God's masterpiece. When you say the word masterpiece, the word masterpiece makes you think about a finished product. You look at it and you say, man, Da Vinci created this. Look at this. This is a Van Gogh. It's a masterpiece. And when you look at it, for me, who don't really understand art, besides like stick figures and, you know, that I get, you know, hieroglyphics is telling the story. I, I, I can figure that out. Okay, man running from saber-toothed tiger. Yeah, I, 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 that I can understand, right? But I look at these highly regarded pieces of art, and I don't get it. Somebody's telling me it's a masterpiece. I look at it, and they say, well, you don't understand. Look at, the, look at the, the, the stroke, the composition. Look, look, at, look at this. And I'm saying, it just looked like a circle. No, look, at, look, look closer. And I'm looking at it. I don't get it. You know why I don't get it? Because I, no I have no revelation concerning art. And you are God's masterpiece. And sometimes people don't get you. Sometimes people look at you and they just say, this is not art. What is, I don't, they don't realize how you're made. 
they don't realize that you're God's masterpiece. And so that's why you can't receive other people's critique of you because they don't know what the artist intended when he made you. That's why you can't be moved if somebody doesn't think you're all that. That's why you can't be, you can't be shaken off of what you are when people don't understand you because they just don't know God already spoke over me. I am God's masterpiece. Amen. And God will continue to help me be refined because when God looks at me, he sees his end product and not the transition. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ so we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Listen, you know why this is going to be the best year ever? Because you're going to live like a masterpiece. Listen, I want, this, is, this is the revelation I want you to get. I want you to get your masterpiece revelation. And when self-doubt starts to creep up on you, you need to cast self-doubt down and say, no, I'm created in Christ Jesus for good works. I'm a masterpiece. And guess what? That little piece of paint that's off on the side looks like it's a mistake. It ain't a mistake. God put it there. Amen. I used to say, when, when, I, when I get over this, God said, you ain't getting over it. You're going to overcome it. It ain't leaving you. You're going you're to overcome it. It's not, I'm not taking it off the canvas. Stop waiting for me to remove this from the camera. Lord, as soon as you take this away, then I'll be good. God said, no. Even Jesus himself is praying, Lord, if this cup can be taken away, take it away. God didn't take the cup away. He said, matter of fact, I'm filling the cup up. <laughs> and if Jesus can do it, so can you. Amen. Your suffering is not a sign that something's wrong. It's a sign that the masterpiece is being painted. It's a sign that God is working on you, working through you, doing things and making you become the masterpiece he so desires to make you. Man, oh man, when things get difficult, don't fret, don't run. Let God make this masterpiece. Say, Father, thank you for the masterpiece you are making right now. Thank you for this masterpiece you are painting right here. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I thank you. Oh, oh, I feel that a little bit. But thank you, Father. Woo! Because I'm being recreated in Christ Jesus. Mm, my goodness. My goodness. And you're created for good works. Let me tell you something. We're doing a lot of good works. But we're created for more. We're created for more good works. We're created for more good works to do things. And I'm going I'm to tell you this, and I want you guys to receive this with a spirit of love. Because I intend it with a spirit of love. It may sound harsh, but I want you to hear it with a spirit of love. Go to Matthew 25. Because I want you to hear the word, and then I'll tell you. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a masterpiece. I hope you get me. <laughs> you, know, you, don't want to, uh, you, don't, you don't want to be the guy standing in the museum staring at the wall saying, I don't get it. <laughs> I hope you get me. When you understand you're a masterpiece, and this is what I want you to walk away with, understand you're a masterpiece. Understand that God did not make you a masterpiece in order to have you not fully be displayed. God did not make a masterpiece to put it in the closet. God did not make a masterpiece to hide it under the bed. God did not make a masterpiece to hang it backwards on the wall. <laughs> so we're going to close with this we know the parable of the talents we all know that parable and if you don't I'll make it a quick summary a man gives gifts talents to three of his servants one he gives ten one he gives five 
Another he gives one. He tells them to all go and trade on his behalf. Use what you've been given. And I always read the passage and we focus on the increase, increase, increase. But we forget about the last guy sometimes. We forget about the last guy. The last guy really had a tough time here. Because it says here in verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. In other words, I know you are capable. I know you're able. But I also know that you expect high things. And because you expect high things, I thought it was wise to not put what I have at risk, but actually to bury it in the ground. Don't put it at risk, bury it, and then I'll give him back what he wants. <laughs> Verse 25, and I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what's yours. I give you back what you gave me. Verse 25, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not gathered seed. So you ought have, have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. I want you to listen to something real quickly here. Who's the heaven belong to? Who's the earth belong to? What have we been stewarded in the earth? We've been given exceedingly great and precious promise. We've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. We've been handed things. And so the question I have for you is, what are you doing with what you have? Because you're a masterpiece. See, if you still believe your old image of yourself, then you will look at what you have and say, well, it's just not much. I can't do much. You need to see yourself as the masterpiece. So you look around and say, man, look at all I have around me. If you hang out with me long, there's a couple of things I can almost guarantee you won't hear. You won't hear me complain about my job. You won't hear me complain about my wife. And you won't complain, hear me complain about how I feel. You know why? Not because those things are perfect, but because I know they've all been given to me. And my job is to make them part of this masterpiece. <laughs> Amen. My job is to make all those things become part of this masterpiece. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, look at all this here. Look at, this is a masterpiece. <laughs> <laughs> don't bury what you have you're a masterpiece you're not supposed to be burying stuff leave burying to the grave makers <laughs> amen next verse so take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten <gasps> Was, I, I, the first time I read this, I was mad at God. You're taking stuff from the one who has little and giving it to one who has everything? Are you serious? I said, you don't understand. The one who had one looked at his circumstance and forgot his prosperity. He forgot that God, God wants to increase him. He forgot that God's desire is to increase him. God desires, God, even God, he wants to increase you. But he can't increase what you bury. The only thing that increases when it's buried is a seed. <laughs> Amen. For everyone who has, more will be given. Wow. Everyone who has, more will be given. And he will have abundance. But for him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. I was mad at God. God, why are you taking stuff from people? I said, I'm not taking stuff from people. He said, I'm moving 
things that need to be productive to where they can be productive. See, the word says this. It said, the wealth of the wicked has been laid aside for the righteous. Why? Because the righteous will make it prosper. But if it remains in the hand of the wicked, and what did he say? You wicked and lazy servant. The wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the righteous. But we have started to believe in the church that the, the wicked are prospering. But it's our job to receive the revelation of God making you a masterpiece so that you can prosper in your way. You can prosper wherever you go. If you take me anywhere, if you throw me anywhere, I'm going to prosper. I don't care where you throw me. You throw me anywhere you want to throw me. I will prosper where you put me. You know why? I can't help myself. Because I've gotten the revelation that God's desire is that I prosper and be in health even as my soul prospers. So once I find myself getting mad or bitter or angry, I get my soul right. Get my soul back in order. No, the blessing of the Lord is making me rich. He's adding no sorrow with the blessing. And my blessing, I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing. So everything in my life is a blessing to my life. Therefore, I'm not going to worry or have anxiety about anything because God knows what I need. And I'm going to make my confessions. I'm going to make my declarations. And I'm not going to declare what somebody else said. I'm going to declare what God says because I'm going to say, God, this is what you said. I'm telling you what you told me. You said I was going to prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. So, Father, thank you. Let's weed all this other stuff out of my head. Let's weed this stuff that, that, that show I was watching last week. Let me weed that out of my head. Let me get that out of here. Let me get, get that stuff out so I can listen to your word and hear your word, and I don't hear somebody else calling something into my head. Come on, I'm going to take my father's words, I'm going to take my grandmother's words, I'm going to take all those words, I'm going to take those out, and I'm going to put your word in my spirit, in my heart, in my mind, so I can prosper. Because what did Joshua 1 tell us? said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Woo, come on. Because what you meditate on it's going to help drive what you got. And if you're lacking revelation, tap into the word and God will speak. Amen. Amen. Here's your assignment. I want you to read Ephesians chapter 2 this week. Meditate on it. Amen. Meditate on it. Because God is giving you, making you prosperous and giving you good success. Amen. Because the world is yours. Amen. This world is yours. You've been given this world to redeem. Amen. To call it back into order. Everybody wrote it down? What you going to study this week? Two. Ephesians 2. That's what you're going to meditate on. You're going to get it in your spirit this week. Amen. We're going somewhere. I'm taking y'all somewhere. I want y'all to be there when we get to the end of the, when the train coming to the station. I want y'all to be right there with us. Amen. Amen. We're going somewhere. Amen. Come on. Somebody was bragging about this guy. They were bragging about this guy. But everybody who ever worked with him is never prospering. So guess what? I'm not impressed. If everybody who works for you is messed up and broke down, tore up, that means you're, you're, not, you're not that great. It means you're out for you. If everybody who follows you fails, then you were out for you. So it's not in my best interest for you to fail. My interest is for you to succeed. <laughs> my interest is for you to grow and to be blessed and to see God's hand move in your life. That's my, that's my reward. Amen. And guess what? Let's, let's show, that, show, that, uh, show that ripple, the first, the one, first one. See, your impact is like this. You're like a drop falling into the world. And because you drop, you make an impact, your impact ripples into other people's lives. But what if we all drop? Come on, what if we all dropped? What if we all hit the water? What if we all scattered our influence and we all began to prosper and be in hell? We'd, make a bit, we'd have a whole river 
<laughs> That's the mindset you want, want you to have. It's not enough for me to prosper. The people around me need to prosper. Amen? Amen. Let's lift our hands. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the day. Thank you for the word. I pray that this word in the hearts of everyone here, they receive the revelation of being your masterpiece. I thank you that everyone in here has been created in Christ Jesus for good works. They have been created for supernatural works to flow through them, to move through them. And I thank you right now. Thanks for listening to today's message titled God's Masterpieces from our series titled The Best Year Ever. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, we want you to feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On the site, you're going to find more information about us, our church and events calendar, and other messages that may be of interest to you. On our media page, you can catch our live stream worship service, which is broadcast every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. And once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. Now, if you'd like to join us for a live service, click on the About Us tab to get service time and information and directions. You can also find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net where you'll find information about events and you'll also catch a version of our live stream service. God bless. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life and that more abundantly.